Welcome, guys, to the Recovering Reality Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Fredrickson. We are honored that we could be a part of your recovery journey and encourage you and help you in any way possible. Before you enjoy this awesome podcast, we also just want to let you know there is a whole bunch of free resources that you can find on our website at recoveringreality.com. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome, guys. I'm excited today. I feel impressed to start a series with you guys. I don't know how many parts it's going to be, but more than a couple. Um, I'm going to be very intentional on this topic, and I'm going to hone in on something that I hope what it does is provoke many of you to step into a greater place with God, whether that be in your own recovery and freedom from that, whether it be starting your business, writing the book, the music you've been called to do, the ministry you've been called to do, stepping into that place, facing that challenge that's been glaring in your face for so long, you've been avoiding it because of fear. And I'm going to call this series, Stop Playing It Safe. You know, we, we live in a time where those that play it safe, just uh, what happens is they become, they become sideline critics and either sit on the sideline and get filled with discouragement and uh, disillusion and this idea that they failed at everything um, or they sit on the sideline and they blame everyone else and they just critique everybody that's in the game because they don't want to actually accept responsibility that the reason they're not in the game pursuing their dreams is on them, not someone else. It's on you. Um, and I'm excited because all I'm going to do in this series is just tell my story. And I've taken massive leaps of faith in my life, not dependent upon my own power and what I can do, but just trusting and relying on God and that he was going to do what he promises and that he was going to be the one that caught me when I jumped off that cliff of faith. Uh, and so because I just I see so many people <clears throat> who are riddled with discouragement. <clears throat> They're filled with this idea that they failed. They are filled with this fear of what if I what if I try and fail or or here's the truth. I think subconsciously a lot of people grab a hold of this thing of too of they're not worthy of success. And so because they don't believe they're worthy of success, they just sit back and just blame other people or just allow condemnation, just the weight of it to weigh them down and stop them from stepping into what it is they know they're called to do. Or sit on the sideline and blame every, well, it's their fault. Well, if that wouldn't happen, well, if he wouldn't have done it, well, if she, well, if so-and-so, well, if... And The more we try and play it safe, the more we're going to be uh, set up for those kind of traps. Uh, Even even the Bible itself, it says those who uh, put their hand to the plow and uh, look back aren't fit for the kingdom of God. In context, what we're talking about here is, listen, my past, I, I, I don't think I've failed, okay? I've learned so many different things, all right? And there's certain things that you can only learn with God by going through stuff. I mean, come on, look at all the amazing stories in the Bible, the people in history, the people who have these uh, amazing businesses and entrepreneurs. It's like they, they refuse to sit back and play it safe. Um, they... They walked for years through the ups, the downs, the trials, the peaks, the valleys, 
and they walk through it. And just because they never gave up and kept going, they learned so many amazing things that first of all, they stopped the cycle, a lot of cycles in their life, just because they learned from experience and stopped. You know, they, they didn't enjoy the wrong fruits of their labor, so they changed. But the biggest thing is they just didn't give up. They refused to play it safe. They just didn't give up. You can think of so many different people. Study Winston Churchill's life. Study Steve Jobs' life. Study uh, Trump, president right now. He went bankrupt multiple times. Just didn't give up. Uh, study great athletes. Study great musicians. You know, the Beatles. The Beatles played in a dive bar in England for hour, for Malcolm Gladwell states it, for over 10,000 hours. He has this 10,000 hour rule. He has this theory that it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert, a master on something. The Beatles played like seven days a week in this dive bar together before they came to America and made it big. How many failures do you think they had? <laughs> they stopped playing it safe. They just said, we're just going to do this. And I, I want to just convey the point as best I can because I, you know, the primarily the people I work with is in recovery and I see him so talented filled with passion hope energy um, talents and but I, but I see you know the weight of the shame guilt regret and discouragement holding them back and wanting to just play it safe just to, let's not rock the boat let's not step outside my comfort zone and that place right there just becomes this lukewarm wishy-washy place of just getting kind of life becomes a pinball game instead of taking the leap of faith into what it is I'm called to do and doing it and just saying, there's no plan B. There's plan B in the sense that when I do it, I'm flexible and I figure it out as I go, but I'm not going backwards to the safe zone. I'm figuring it out going forwards as I just commit to doing the best I can and walking out what it is I feel like I'm called to do with God. All right, I wanna start at the beginning of my life of recovery and my walk with God, all right? now. I had just uh, been arrested for the last time. And now, from what I'm speaking, was roughly 12 years ago, about. A little less than 12 years ago. And I was, uh, I'd just been arrested for the last time in Utah County. And I was arrested driving to my parents' house to get into rehab. And I was, I was going back, I was defeated drinking myself to death, defeated, isolated, everything you can imagine. And I drove home, no license, registration, insurance. Um, it was about two and a half hours from where I was living at my parents' house. And I, I pulled off the freeway to drive into their city and I get arrested. I get pulled over, pulling right off the freeway. Um, it's a whole nother long story. Um, I've done videos and talked about it many times because I feel like the importance of it, but it was then that I surrendered. But I went to jail for the weekend, got out, immediately went to treatment, came back to tie up some loose ends. The judge wiped my slate clean that weekend when I saw him on Monday morning after getting arrested. And it's, a, it's an amazing story of where grace really took over my life. But I went before the judge one last time just to tie up loose ends to, you know, um, all the charges were dropped. This last tiny little check-in with probation thing. It was like a, the finalizing this thing and letting him know I'm leaving, asking if I can leave the state, okay? And I wrote a letter to the judge. Now, I don't remember exactly. Maybe I have it somewhere if I look long and hard. I, I don't know. But I remember specifically I wrote this in the letter. I said, 
My plan is to move to California, San Diego, connect with the only person I know who was out there who was in treatment besides my aunt and uncle, um, some cousins. And I said, I'm going to move out there. I'm going to surrender my life to God and I'm going to work the program of AA. And I wrote that in the letter and the judge read it in court, not verbally, but the, the DA, the prosecutor gave it to her. She read it. I think part of the reason, if I'm going to be completely honest, is she was like, you know, in the back of her mind, she didn't say this verbally. Back of her mind, she's like, yes, please get out of my city and don't ever come back. <laughs> but she said, yes, you can go. Now, I packed up everything I had in my car. I think I had like $500 to my name. And I moved out there to live with my aunt and uncle for two months with no job, with no, with no nothing. All I knew was one person out there who worked at the last treatment center I went to. I took a leap of faith. I said, where I'm at right now is not working and it's not going to work and I'm going to die if I stay here. There's nothing for me here. Now, that might not be a physical space in your life, but it, very, it might be an emotional, mental, um, it, 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 might be, it might be a space that you default to so often of discouragement, comfort, this place of, well, I can just stay in this little bubble and I know I can just get by. I had done that in Utah. You know, I, it was, this leap of faith for me was like cutting the umbilical cord. Now, I had always defaulted of just going back to my parents' house whenever everything went tough and, you know, things weren't going my way. But most of the time from the age of 18 to 20, 26, I came back to my parents' house a few different times, but I was kind of living out on my own all over the state of Utah. And it was just never, ever, ever going to work for me. It was never going to work. So when I wrote that letter, I packed up everything I had and I jumped off the cliff of faith. And I said, God, and, and at this time I didn't even know God. So barely, like I just had this idea in my mind, like if you're real God and you are who you say you are, you're going to work this out. Like you're going to help me actually live a life that's worth living. Jumped off the cliff, drove to California lived with my aunt and uncle uh, for the first two months that I was there. And I began, see, because here's the, the disconnect I see sometimes, is sometimes we think I'm just going to jump off the cliff of faith and everything is just going to work out because I took the leap of faith. My experience has, there's been some things where I've seen God do once I take the leap of faith. And I'm going to share as I get into more stories where he did, boom, honor it because I was following him. But the majority of my experience was that he honored my leap of faith, but it was in a process of walking it out once I stepped into what we'll call the promised land. Okay? I jumped over this hurdle. I crossed the river. I jumped off the, the cliff. Whatever it is, you starting your business, you facing, fixing that relationship, you getting in shape, you getting into recovery. I jump off of this cliff, okay? And I land and all of a sudden I'm there in the promised land. Okay, I'm there in the space where prosperity is waiting me. When I'm talking about prosperity, it's not just money. It's health of relationships, of mind, of soul, of body. It includes finances. It's there, but I have to put myself in proximity to it. I have to put myself in proximity to the promise. Where is God calling me to go? That's where I need to go meet him. He's with me the whole time, but he's leading me out of a space. We, we get so dialed into our little comfort bubble. I just, this is what I know. 
this is, I understand this, it's safe, this is where everything works. But we just, what we do when we just try to create a little comfort zone for ourselves is we just create an invisible ceiling that we never get past. And I've just, I've, I've refused. You're going to hear in this journey, there's times where I'm going to share stories where it didn't go as planned. <laughs> but I didn't give up. And this time it was, it was such a blind leap. It was like, I'm going to die. I was going to die if I stayed in Utah. I was going to die. There was no way around it. It was death or prison, one of the two. And I just, I had to get out. I had to get out. I didn't know anything about where I was going or what I was doing. I just jumped off the cliff and said, God, let's go. And I got out there and I immediately just started trying, praying. Can I actually relapsed? about, uh, gosh, a month or something, a month and a half after getting out there. So I, I mustered up like four months of recovery and I relapsed. I ate a handful of Vicodin and drank liquor for two straight weeks hiding. And God still didn't give up on me. My leap of faith didn't go perfect according to the way I thought it should go or everything's just going to fall into place because here I am. I, I just stepped off the cliff and then God caught me and set me down in a new car and house and gave me a million dollars. That might be a dramatic example, but our minds go to this kind of default space. Like, I'll give it a, I'll, I'll give it a week. If it doesn't work out, I'm going back. There's no, there's no other option. I'm, I'm leaping forward in faith as a lifestyle continually, constantly. And I haven't stopped since. Even relapsed, like I said, and ended up in a sober living home. And it was terrible. And... What happens, though, when you commit is though e even when you screw up, if you look at it even from the most biblical perspective, it says where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. If my true intention is to walk with God, to lean into my dreams and my purpose and do the best that I can, honestly speaking, he is going to come. He is going to meet me. He's going to meet me bigger than the expectations that I have. Always. He's, he's bigger. He's better. But am I putting myself in a position to win? Or am I just trying to build a life where I'm playing it safe with everything? Like, look, if the dreams of your heart are still calling out to you, maybe, just maybe they're actually a blueprint trying to call you into your purpose. If they're still speaking to you from within, if you still have desires pop up to want to chase your dreams, to want to do that thing, maybe it's time to lean into it and start taking some steps forward into the unknown, out of the comfort bubble, saying, God, here I am, I'm going to do my best, and I'm going to trust you. So there I am. I took the leap of faith. I'm in California. I know almost nobody. I'm trying to do AA at the time. And there I am, relapsed for two weeks and started over, and I'm like 10 days clean and sober, okay? Here's the thing. He is committed to seeing you succeed. If you are committed to continually moving forward. If you're committed to not giving up, to moving forward, trying the best you can, he will do miracles and he is committed to seeing you succeed, okay? There I am 10 days or so into um, my recovery again uh, and I'm running out of favors to call. I'm running out because my... Uh, <clears throat> I was asking uh, a sister to pay the bill on my weekly uh, recovery. I didn't have a job. I didn't. Have, I, everything was just 
everything was about to fall apart again, everything. And I was, might have to just default and go back to Utah. I didn't, I didn't know. But what happens? Then God shows up, okay? And I'm in that spot. And would you know it? Out of nowhere, my friend, pretty much the only friend I had out there at the time who worked at the treatment center, her and her boyfriend, who I didn't know yet, who are still friends, she called me up and she said, hey, I'm going to be out of town for about 10 days and my boyfriend is going to be out of town for like five days and he's home for a day. He's out of town for six days, whatever. So we're going to be gone most time. We need someone to house sit, watch our dog. Would you be interested in doing that? I remember right over the phone, I told her, I said, I said, look, you know, I'm like 10 days clean and sober and I know nobody here. And I just told, cause I had told her I had, um, she was one of the first people I called when I did relapse she said, yeah, 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 I know, I'm aware. And, uh, you know, if you stay clean and sober when you get back, maybe we'll, you know, talk about you renting a room and staying here for a while uh, in our house. Or if you, or when we get back, you're gone. We'll kick you out and you figure it out. I said, deal, I'll be there in an hour. <laughs> packed up, I still had like a half a week left on my rent at the sober living place. I packed up, drove down to my new home and continued to, Figure it out. I, uh, God God shows up in these places where it's about like, oh man, it was a wrong decision. Here we go again. Why did I do this? Of course, this is the end right here. And boom. No, it's not. Grace is going to keep you going. Nope, this isn't the end. Don't worry. My riches never run dry. Here you go. Let me supply you and help you move forward into a life that you really want to live and the life I've called you to and the purpose and dreams that you have on your life. When we take a risk, well, let's paint the picture here, okay? I stood in front of that judge when I was tying everything up the last time I ever went before a judge. I wrote that letter and I said, I said, I, I made a, a verbal written declaration to God, okay? And I said, I'm going out there to pursue God and AA and try and make a life. God says, I can work with that. All right, let, let me do my part now. I even went out there and failed, but grace comes crashing in. Would you, would you believe it that uh, they actually lived there for two months for free before they started charging me rent so I could find a job, get my feet under me a little bit, and I ended up living there for two years and it became the launching pad to my entire life in recovering with Jesus. It became the launching pad to everything in my life that is good today. It all started just because I said, I can't stay where I'm at. I'm going to take this leap of faith. I'm going to trust God and he's going to do his part and I'm going to try my best. And it changed the entire bearing on the compass. It changed the trajectory over the course of my whole entire life. So my question to you is, where is it you're at right now that you're just done with it? You're done. Like I can't stay in, I can't stay depressed anymore, okay? I have to get into action and do something. I can't stay in this relationship anymore. I, I, I can't do it, whatever relationship that is. I can't sit back any longer and not write this book. I can't sit back any longer and not pursue trying to start this ministry, to start this business. What's the space that you're in right now that you're saying to yourself, I just can't do this anymore. I can't do it. I'm done. You don't have to figure it all out. I didn't have it all figured out when I went to California. I didn't have it all figured out. There's no way. I just jumped. 
and said, God, I'm going to do my best and you're here with me. So what's that space that you're in right now where you're like, I can't do this anymore and I have to move forward. God's not calling you to do it all perfect or have it all figured out. He's saying, step out of your little comfort bubble that you have constructed for yourself and trust him and do your best and watch him shine. Watch him come through when you need him and watch him create a new life for you and make you look brilliant in the process when it was all him the entire time. So we just started this journey. But I'm going to share story after story after story after story. I'm just going to hammer this because I'm so tired of seeing people sit back in their little comfort zone they've created. Sit back and try and play it safe. I'm so tired of it because I can see the potential in people. I can see the dreams in people and I see their lack of just trusting God. You don't have to figure it all out. I can't say that enough. You don't have to figure it all out. Yes, get a vision. Yes, get a plan. Yes, pray. Yes, process it with people. Yes, have them praying for you. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, but listen, the bottom line is this. Get out of your comfort zone and trust God and watch him do what only he can do on your behalf. Hopefully it lights a little fire under you because we're going to continue talking about this. I'm going to have guests talk about it. We're going to have discussions. People need to be provoked out of this space. If you don't have what you really want in your life right now, it's not going to come to you by staying in the spot you're in right now. You've got to get outside of that space, see it different, take different actions, and trust God for more in your life. Because he'll do it every single Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Recovering Reality Podcast. If you're interested in recovery coaching, please reach out to us, get plugged into a free 20-minute session so we can get you on the road to transformation. If nothing changes, then nothing changes. You can start a brand new life starting today. Look forward to hearing from you guys. Thanks for joining us.